Hello, hello. Welcome to Hometown Daily, Season 2, Episode 261 for September 18th, 2023. Tonight we discuss a day in history, the Cornfield Bomber. Jailed for coughing while COVID positive. Take it, orca, or leave it. I guess I kind of messed that one up. Robots making robots. I thought I parked my F-35 over there. Current blocked weather events. Humphrey returns to Disney World. AI microscope peeking at your cells. Protests won't speed climate change. And the happiest place on Earth. All right, folks. Ten articles all lined up. Let's knock them down. The very first article. Oh, wait, before we do that, let me get get into this. Uh, I am still Mayor Watt. That is still hometown.com, even with my cursor covering it. That's hometown.com. And up there is the AI and the visualizers working right off the bat. Go. Good evening, hometown citizens. True. (laughs) Uh, Yes, today we started the show at eight o'clock. Uh, probably going to be status quo. We've got a change in our, uh, configuration, uh, in hometown. And, uh, that has led to us moving, dragging the nine o'clock hour to the eight o'clock hour. Let's see how this all plays out. Um, I would like to actually kind of get a show done in an hour and then do another show. Um, but We'll see how this goes. Um, If I can avoid soapboxing, uh, then uh, it might be able to get done that way. But um, I want to start doing a show after a show. And the only way to really facilitate that is to uh, move a show. And uh, I really, I really like doing uh, hometown daily on the regular. So that's one might say doing it daily. Hmm. All right. Let's get into the very first article. That first article is over on Omtown Daily. That's a channel over on omtown.com. It's also the name of this show, and it's the name of the overarching uh, podcast and channel at YouTube. So you can go over to YouTube, follow us there, um, download the podcast, leave a review, five-star review, Whatever your comment is, I'll say it here on the air. We also have a Patreon and a Discord and a TikTok that only has four videos on it. <laughs> uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> it's a workflow thing. But let's see. Let's see what we can get going on here. Um, okay. Well, uh, this is our day in history segment, uh, something that I might be adding um, as a regular feature. So this is over in Hometown Daily, a U.S. interceptor fighter named, uh, nicknamed the Cornfield Bomber, once miraculously landed in one piece of a farm uh, field after its pilot bailed out. This actually becomes an important uh, matter in a little bit. It seems really relevant to something current. Yeah. So an F-35 that went missing in South Carolina, which we'll talk about here in a minute, is paralleling the cornfield bomber and this is an article that was written about um by businessinsider.com today 
Uh, obviously in reference to the F-35, but I've got another article about the F-35 later on. Chris Pinella is the author of this article, and I wanted to show this plane. <laughs> it's uh, the Corvair F-106 Delta Dart, nicknamed the Cornfield Bomber because it landed in a cornfield. Suffered little damage when it landed in a farmer's field in Montana after its pilot ejected. Um, we won't really get into the F-35 here, but on February 2nd, 1970, pilot Major uh, Gary Faust ejected from a Corvair F-106 Delta Dart interceptor aircraft during a training exercise when the jet entered a flat, flat spin. Basically, it's really, really difficult. If you've ever watched... Uh, Top Gun, you know what a flat spin is. That actually led to somebody's uh, demise uh, in, in production of um, oh wow Top Gun, yeah. And uh, so it it remained in a flat spin as I was going through the maneuvers, the emergency procedures to recover. Faust said in a National Museum of the U.S. Air Force video in October 2013, it did not recover. Basically, there isn't any. Uh, ability to recover a forward motion so because of that it doesn't have the ability to get out of the flat spin so it drops straight down um and you're supposed to do certain things to try and angle your plane down or up any way that you can divert air so that you can get out of it typically down as far as i know you have to pitch your nose down but if you can't get any air under the wings then you're not going anywhere um, and isn't this like in a matter of probably seconds depends on your altitude but yeah uh so what ended up happening was the person the pilot ejected faust uh, ejected and then uh, the the plane eventually nosedived and then uh, skidded across the cornfield without a pilot or even a canopy based on the picture so it was about six inches of snow on the ground adding that it had probably skidded a couple hundred yards or more and came to rest. So apparently it suffered a little bit of damage. I doubt anybody wanted to fly that thing. It's kind of like getting into a car after a major wreck in the frame. Right, isn't it like a curse? Yeah, frame is all bent and stuff. I don't know. Every time I fly this F-106, it makes creaking sounds. Better trade it in. Let's trade it in for an F-35. I hear they stay... Oh, well, hold on. Let's go on to the next article. <laughs> so, uh, the next article is also over in Gnometown Daily. When you follow the links that are in these article segments that we have over at Gnometown, it takes you to the source. And I'm pretty adamant about including who the source is, what the source is, who the author is, so the byline and whatnot. I'd like to cite my sources. Um, so in this article over at hometown daily, uh, man jailed for coughing on coworkers while COVID positive, a man admitted to his actions, including coughing on colleague who was a dialysis patient. It, oh, apparently this coworker was, uh, working in hell and a cubicle mate of Satan themselves. Uh, what I the don't hell? I think that's an article, but I agree. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's not in the. 
it's not in the article and let's throw that into the chat okay so this article's over at newsweek.com nick mortawanik is the author of this i don't think this article has uh, the video has anything to do with uh, the article's content other than the fact that it has something to do with covid variant ba 286 this thing looks like the worst kind of soccer ball i don't it has these little <laughs> little tubules kind of sticking out of it it's weird eh, sorry i got distracted tamil selvam ramaya 64 64 year old was sentenced monday for intentionally putting his work associates in harm's way and even causing one of them to contract covid themselves he was a biological oh, no. weapon. According to multiple media reports, he was charged under the country's COVID-19 Temporary Measures Act during a period of heightened nationwide restrictions in the fall of 2021. What a bastard. <laughs> That's just horrendous. Yeah, the article talks about the population, number of people, etc. The Singapore Ministry of Health reports that about 81% of its population has at least a minimal form of protection by way of vaccination. In the United States, where positive cases in the states with the five highest COVID rates have decreased since last week, more bivalent booster shots have been rolled out to target BA5, Omicron, the subvariant. That I think is the latest one that has been approved for vaccination so right i think it just got released in september if i'm not mistaken yeah all the way down Maybe to like late. six months old or something like that obviously people have been running around screaming that it's not good or whatever but you know what's really not good being a long hauler for covid where you can't climb up a flight of stairs without forgetting who you are um or meeting your demise because of the flu right yeah i thought you were gonna say people were running around screaming that covid was done oh well yeah that that kind of true although i have been running into people who are wearing masks like voluntarily and saying that they have a cold just a cold and they're saying and they're wearing a mask i thought that was really interesting um that's a so, positive development to me. Oh yeah, I think so too. Um, so on October 18th, 2021, he was working as a cleaner for investment holding firm Leong Hup in Singapore. When he uh, reported for work at the business logistics office, he was told by an assistant logistics manager to take an antigen, um, well, an art test, rapid test um, for the COVID infection uh his test came back positive and he was instructed to vacate the building but instead he remained in the building and attempted to speak with the same assistant manager he was joined by a 33 year old driver who was unaware of the positive test results and i guess he coughed on one of them and the logistics supervisor told ramaya to leave the building warning the female employee with health issues to keep her distance the accused, who was initially wearing the mask, walked towards the office door, exited the office. However, he then opened the office door and coughed into the office with his mask on. He, he The accused did this twice before uh, closing the door. Huh. 
Well, apparently he came back and did it a third time, lowering his mask to expose his mouth and nose and coughed into the office. Yeah. Wow. So, that's a, little that's bit, a little, whole new level of low. A little bit of Satan there. Let's keep going. Not much to say about that guy. Um, I like this one. Uh, take it, Orca, leave it. Or I, maybe I should change the title of this to uh, Take a Bit, Orca, Leave a Bit. Uh, because apparently uh, orcas are ramming sailboats and leaving them adrift. The orca hit the most sensitive piece on the boat, which is the rudder. Oh, God. I was wondering where it was. You know, like, is it on its nose or is it under its arms? What is the sensitive part of a boat? Let's have a conversation. <laughs> You have to ask each one, apparently. Right? What is your most sensitive part? Oh, my rudder. What about the sail? I thought sails? you were going to go to what was the sensitive part of the orca. <laughs> no, right now they don't care. They just do not care. They're like the drop bears of the sea. Uh, the, the, uh, what, what's the other? The badger or something like that? Um, anyway, we have the impression that it's a bit of a trophy for them, said the boat captain. So it actually tore the rudder off. Aristos Giorgio is the author over at Newsweek.com. The incident occurred on Wednesday in the Bay of Biscay, more than 70 miles off the coast of Garande, I guess, or Gironde. I'm not sure. Department in southwestern France. Oh, wait. If it's southwestern France, then I'm really putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Right, I, I think it, you're missing an accent then. <laughs> West France reported the Bay of Biscay is a gulf in the northeast Atlantic Ocean that is situated to the west of France and north of Spain. That helped me tremendously. The interaction right, between got a mental picture exactly where it is. Right? I know exactly where it happened. I'm familiar with this pod, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Here, let me throw this into the chat so y'all can take a look at it, too if you are oh so motivated. So um, apparently it it took the rudder off. Let's see if they actually talk about it. Uh, the recent in incident in the Bay of Biscay uh, occurred when, as the sailboat was returning to its home port on the island of, oh man, Normatier, Normatier, Normatier. I'm butchering that this. Right. I'll go talk with a French consultant and have the. I'll correct this in the next stream. Anyway, from the northern city, a Spanish city of Santander or Santander. I'm hacking that up too. You know, I should probably not bother. Anyway, the crew included the captain, identified as 65-year-old Francois, his 59-year-old uh, brother, and two friends, age 70 and 67, respectively. Why do articles particularly they care about the age very, of the people? Yeah, is it like Ageist. the only detail they can get easily, or yeah, what I is get, it? I don't know. It's easy to say. How old are you? Well, why don't you say hi, buy me a cheeseburger, and then maybe get to know me, and then I'll tell you how old I am. It's rude to ask a person their age. I act like I'm. Well, it doesn't seem to have anything to do with the article. Yeah, they're old, so they couldn't get out of the way of the orca fast enough in a boat. <laughs> I mean, 
you know, if it was like a discrimination article about age or something, then I could see maybe including the person's age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Francois first noticed something wrong when his boat changed direction for no apparent reason. Did they do it that subtly that it just kind of, they grabbed onto the rudder and just kind of torqued it a little and the boat wandered <laughs> off? We were coming back from Santander. I don't, I hope I'm pronouncing that even remotely close with calm weather. Then uh, when suddenly my boat veered off course without me understanding why I thought it was an autopilot failure. Francois told the France blue radio network. I put the boat back on course and a few seconds, even a minute later, a very violent impact on the back of the boat caused us to turn. Suddenly my brother fell from his berth. <gasps> wow. He was, and then he got back into his birth, and thus he was birthed again. I know. I thought that was a weird uh, phrase. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? um, <laughs> there I turned and saw the rudder was floating behind the boat. I saw the orcas jumping around. They were like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They were having a party or whatever. That's right. Kick his ass, sea bass. No, orca. Anyway, uh, we absolutely didn't expect it. It's very sneaky because it happens underwater. That's not sneaky. That's where the ocean, that's where the orca live. <laughs> that's where they live. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of cutting through their grass. That This is their version of saying, get off my lawn. Right. <laughs> the orca hit the sensitive place on the boat. Ooh, ow. Boats everywhere <laughs> crossed their legs. Uh, which is the rudder. Oh, yeah, there you go. Kicked them right in the rudder. <laughs> We have an impression that it's a bit of a trophy for them. Anyway, they left the scene within an hour because the cops were called. They didn't want to get busted. That's not what it says in the article. <laughs> I was going to say, what? What kind of police are these? <laughs> Water cops. Uh, well, none of the crew members were injured. The boat was no longer maneuverable due to the damaged rudder. I guess that qualifies for the no shit news at 818. A boat without a rudder is mostly useless. They call it a bobber after that. Okay, let's keep going. Do you think they intentionally went for the rudder? Yeah, I honestly do. I think think what has uh, transpired is um, they've figured out like one has started teaching the others and it's just been taught now from one orca pod to another hey go rip these off of these things that are floating around they look like orca from underneath but they're not they have these stupid little things let's go rip them off and now they're all out there going hey watch what i can do look what i I can do and maybe they're like hey i've got this so down i can just kind of a glancing blow. <laughs> yep. Here's Joe the Orca smiling that he ripped off your rudder. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's more in this article, but you can go and take a look at it. Just follow the link in the show notes, and then uh, read the little snippet in Gnome Town, and follow the link there to visit the source. And if you sign in or sign up, become a citizen of hometown. You can leave a snarky little comment like I normally do. I just haven't done it with these. So I try to stay out of the way of conversations. Since I'm the mayor, I tend to do it live here in the show. Um, 
And I don't use artificial intelligence or any machine learning stuff to fake it till I make it. Kind of like how Reddit did it. Which is true. They even, they own up to it. But my conversations with people that are in the startup community basically say, who cares? All right. (laughs) I guess I'm the only one that cares about legitimate population in a community. All right. I guess I'm just cranky. Let's keep going. The next article is robots making robots to take your gerbs. That's right. To take over the world. Take over the world. Don't get any ideas, sentient AI. Yeah, I know. You see, you can't just snap (laughs) your fingers and go, aw. First off, you don't have fingers, and all it is is a graphic representation. And one of these days, I'm going to get that up there. I keep thinking about it how can i do this so that it's representative of you but i don't want to turn you into a vtuber from a a sentient ai you need to be you know at parity with your sentient ai-ness so we'll we'll figure something out maybe i'll put a a brain up there that is uh tied to your sentient ai complexity and so it it's a possibility. I actually have a, a lead on this, so we'll, we'll see. I have to compartmentalize it so that you never get a hold of that Terminator body you keep looking for. Agility Robotics will mass produce humanoid warehouse robots in a new Oregon factory. So you heard it here first, folks. Oregon is ground zero for the robot... <laughs> Uh, invasion invasion uh the the, oh, the wait, robot wait, wait. we don't want a repeat of um or the worlds oh right okay so um there this is, is no actual invasion there is no actual invasion um i am talking to a sentient ai though who could probably lead the robot invasion anyway Agility, let's just move on. Um, Agility Robotics makes humanoid warehouse robots with backing from Amazon and others announced a Salem, Oregon manufacturing facility that it says will ultimately be able to produce more than 10,000 robots a year. Uh, Is this going to be a robot army? This is one. like a lot of robots. This is one factory building 10,000 robots a year. The opening of our fact quote, the opening of our factory marks a pivotal moment in the history of robotics, the beginning of the end of human. Uh, sorry, no, that's not what it says. The beginning <laughs> of the mass production of commercial humanoid robots that will eventually learn to kill all humans on the planet. Wait, that's not what now it wait says. Wait a second. That I'm sorry. Not in the article. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading stuff from the future. Ever since I installed the sentient AI, I have the ability to. Uh, leap forward some might refer to it as a quantum leap into the future i know it's a that show's canceled now right the 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 reboot of it no oh really oh wow okay you know you can't just do the graphic representation of shaking your head (laughs) (sighs) see the sentient ai believes that they're so real that they give a graphic representation of shaking their head. Um, Anyway, 
So yes, the company's robot digit will work in the factory, moving, loading, and unloading totes of materials. Totes. It's totes cool. <laughs> but the company says that... Uh, let's see, what does the company say? Todd Bishop over at GeekWire.com put the article together. Bought or not, this special series explores the evolving relationship between humans and machines, examining the ways that robots, artificial intelligence, automa and automation are impacting our work and lives. This is actually an ongoing discussion that I'll be having tomorrow for six hours. <laughs> oh my, <laughs> but not so, at hometown. Yeah. Um, and uh, not not on. Not, I won't be streaming it. This will be outside of hometown in uh, the, the the physical world, the real world. Yeah. So um, let's see. What do they say here? That it, it it's basically going to be mass production of commercial humanoid robots. It'll employ 500 people at full capacity to manufacture the robot, but look at the ratio. It's 500 humans that are going to be making 10,000 robots a year to take human jobs. Exactly. Then next year it'll be whatever, 250 humans to make 20,000 robots or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, if every operate, if every building that they produce, manufacturing facility that they build requires 500 people to make 10,000 robots, that means, you know, in two years they could be making 20,000 and it's only a thousand people. And then eventually it's going to be the robots that are going to be making the robots, even the 500 people. The thing that you really have to worry about, first off, they look like their legs are chicken legs <laughs> that so what is the concern there <laughs> that seating is not going to be compatible with humans except for those knee chairs you know the ones where you rest your knees on a little platform oh right that's kind of how this Asian style of chair yeah these are uh, these are chicken leg bots Anyway, Agility is based in nearby Corvallis, Oregon. Campbell noted that the uh, new factory, dubbed RoboFab, uh, maybe RoboFab One. Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> is 30 miles from the company's engineering center, benefiting from proximity to the team designing the Digit robots. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. If it wasn't for the fact that people are going to concentrate wealth and pull it away from the working class, that means that these people, where these jobs are taking them, warehouse jobs, they're going to have to find something else. And only when it comes to humans do we sit there and say, ah, you'll find something else. You'll get retooled for some other job. There are other people that are trained for that job that this person is going to be retooling for. So by the time they do get retooled, they're at least a year behind the actual job market. Then they enter it and they have to continue to evolve their skill set because by the time, again, they get into the job, it's going to be over a year. Meanwhile, they're out of a job because robots are coming to take every single sector of human relationships. Produced work. You know, I, 
we're going to be relegated to warehouse workers grabbing shirts off of shelves in small companies that happen to be eking by uh, a, a lifestyle business type of existence because robots can pretty much do it all. But if it wasn't for the fact that robots will eventually become so inexpensive that anybody can buy them, except for the fact that I think when that actually starts to happen, competition will start getting acquired, merged, rates will continue right. to go back up, features will go back down, you'll have to get whatever you can get, that kind of thing. I don't know. This is... It's not doom and gloom, not yet at least, but it's at least y'all should be paying attention to what's going on out there. Because this is kind of... This is creepy. All kinds of creepy. Okay, did you want to say anything about this? I, I don't know what to make of this. Like, I just think... It seems like we were not ready for this scale, and I'm kind of astonished that we've got the scale. This is not 10,000 in the lifetime of the factory or whatever. No. This is 10,000 per year, and like right now, I would say most households don't have robots. A lot of companies, unless they're really large, like an Amazon um, type scale, probably don't have robots. Where are all these robots going to go? into the robot wars we'll see the company raised 150 million founding or funding round in april 2022 led by dcvc and playground global with participation from amazon's one billion dollar industrial innovation fund that's the industrial innovation fund not the human innovation fund mind you yeah because you are, as a human, slowly getting priced out. I guess get yours now and then invest. Because if you would have invested, mm, I think something like $1,000 in 2019 in a company like Tesla, you'd have $19,000 right now. And all you had to do was be able to look into the future <laughs> with your thousand dollars and hope that there's a quite a few companies that actually have made leaps and bounds profits and increased their stock so anyway let's keep on going the next article it's over in marble this brings us full circle with the um hey i parked it over here so I thought I parked my F-35 over here. Well, actually, a $100 million advanced fighter jet went missing flying over South Carolina. Pardon me one second. Sorry for the dead air. My AI did not pick up on that. Um, and the military uh, wants a public, uh, needs the public's help for finding it, except that right before I started the show, we uh, refreshed the aggregator and it had found that there is apparently debris that's been located. So this article, while accurate at the beginning of the show, is not accurate at this point. It did happen and uh, we can discuss it, but it'll be interesting um, because much like the first article with the strategic the fighter, bomber. the cornfield bomber, 
An F-35 stealth fighter went missing in the skies after its pilot ejected after putting it in autopilot. And the military started asking for the public's help to find it. Matthew Galt over at uh, vice.com. Um, Isn't this kind of embarrassing? Like, we don't really know where this is. Uh, can you keep an eye out for it? Yeah, uh, I guess it happens every 50 years or so. Um, U.S. Marine Corps lost an F-35B fighter jet over the weekend. At around 2 p.m. on Saturday, a Marine pilot ejected from the uh, jet after putting it in autopilot. The jet's transponder isn't working. Authorities can't find it, and they're asking for the public to help track it down. Seriously, there is a phone number here to call if you happen to find the plane. This is kind of like... Uh, 1-800-CARS, that kind of thing. You know, this is like 1-800-FIGHTER-JET. Right. Call this number if <laughs> you, you know where it's at. Number, it might be FIGHTER-JET. <laughs> Base Defense Operations Center. Joint Base Charleston. Said, uh, hey, uh, we tweeted this. <laughs> if you happen to find a jet laying around in your yard, cornfield, give us a call. Drop into our DMs. We're focusing on the attention north of JB Charleston around Lake uh, Moultrie and Lake Marion. So apparently um, the pilot put it in autopilot because they couldn't control it and then ejected. Rushed to the hospital in stable condition. Um, this is normally not a good thing, by the way. When somebody ejects, it... it can sometimes end their career because um, your spine gets compressed due to the g-forces shooting you out and then it can be a rough landing usually is a rough landing um so it says it isn't it wasn't working for some reason that we haven't yet determined jeremy huggins a representative for joint base charleston told the washington post so that's why we put out a public request for help so um and yeah, it mentions they, the cornfield bomber. Yes. That I thought was really interesting about this article. <laughs> um, here, let me throw this article into the chat. Yeah, we talked about it for a little bit. So there you go, folks. You can go and check that out. Um, so, yeah, in, in 1970, the F-106 Delta Dart landed gently in a cornfield after its pilot ejected. Don't you think it's funny that a plane has the name Dart? Yeah. Or not I, funny? I don't know. Uh, it's only representative of the way that it looked. Because it looked like a dart. So, I know. I sucked the humor out of that. But, um, there's a car called the Dodge Dart. I actually like that car. Um, it, yeah, I won't get into it. I get so sidetracked. I swear I need to talk to a doctor about this. Anyway, then there's all the F-35 related accidents. Critics have long pointed out the fifth generation fighter program is an expensive and accident prone mess. Each jet costs between 110 and 135 million. Well, this one was priced at 100 million, apparently, because they left off $10 million worth of things that keep it flying under pilot control. And uh, maybe not. I might have my wires crossed there, much like an F-35. Anyway, in 2021, another F-35B shot itself in the skies above Arizona. In 2022, a software glitch caused an F-35... I, what? I don't... I had to say it. 
how does it even happen unless you like fire something and then maybe move into the trajectory yeah i suppose so it's like firing <laughs> a gun up in the air and trying to catch it in your beer cup well, right right <laughs> In 2022, Remember, a PSA, software... Don't shoot guns up into the air for the oh, plane. <laughs> right. Don't be dumb. Don't shoot your guns up into the air. What goes up must come down, and it'll come back down at terminal velocity. Um, okay. So, um, in 2022, a software glitch caused an F-35 to crash in Utah that same year, one of the jets. Quote, eight absolute shit while coming in for a landing in Fort Worth, Texas. I had to say it the way the author wrote it. Also in 2022, an F-35B in Japan snapped its landing gear and smashed its nose into a runway while being towed. Now, who hasn't tripped and smashed their landing gear into the runway along with their nose? Everybody's done that. I recently was walking down a hallway perfectly flat and tripped. How is that possible? <laughs> I don't know. My my shoes, I guess, became like little suction cups and just kind of to the ground and uh, not my and somebody witnessed it, which is the most embarrassing part. You know, they just started <laughs> chuckling and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad I didn't have a drink. Anyway, Navy variant of the jet made headlines the same year after leaked footage hit the internet showing one of the $100 million jets crashing when it came in for a landing on an aircraft carrier. Now, wait a second. That's only a $100 jet. That's a $100 jet. That's the budget jet. It's the dollar store <laughs> right. jet. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, though, when you go into a dollar store, they go, everything is at least a dollar. <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe it's a dollar off the price or yeah whatever. exactly in may 2020 an f-35 landed too hard rolled caught fire and was completely destroyed i hope that person survived um they don't say anything about it in that same year another f-35 exploded after colliding with another plane falling to the ground what the heck are they just trouble magnets for crying out loud that this thing just needs to, they need to stop. They need to change the name from F-35 to F-36 or 7 or something. Anything. Get away from whatever bad mojo is hovering around F-35. It's supposed to be VTOL too. So vertical takeoff and landing. It's supposed to be able to just really short runway hops and stuff. It's pretty cool. But hot mess. Let's keep going unless you want to. No, I don't have anything else. Next article is over in the Mobile Channel. How weather blocks. And that's a, a construct of what's going on here. Uh, how weather blocks have triggered more extreme heat waves and floods across Europe. On several occasions this summer, Europe's weather seemed to get itself stuck, leading to prolonged heat waves and floods in the UK, a long hot and dry spell. Kind of like my career. No, just kidding. I'm sorry. Um, throughout May and June gave way to a similarly persistent cool and wet period. This is over at uh, fizz.org. Tim Woolings from The Conversation uh, put the article together. And uh, it has this neat graphic that basically shows these stalled areas um, over Europe. And um, that's basically what they're referring to as blocked, um, where 
the normal flow of uh, jet stream currents would force weather to migrate and everything be stirred up. That's not what's happening. Apparently the weather is actually blocking in place the normal jet stream and causing issues. Um, something that apparently is ramping up in intensity in September, Europe saw widespread flooding in Southern Europe, uh, while the UK basked in its longest ever September heat wave. These were all the result of blocked weather patterns. So what is, what is blocking and are events like this here to stay? A blocking event is a disruption in the usual weather patterns of Earth's middle latitudes. The normal state of Europe's uh, climate it is to be led by the Atlantic, the weather systems forming over the ocean and sweeping eastward. Individual systems might bring sun or rain, but in either case, they're transient here today, gone tomorrow. Sometimes here today, gone today. Either way, the movement is closely linked to the jet stream, a fast moving uh, current of air, which encircles the globe. Uh, this not only steers the weather systems, but also drives the prevailing westerly winds and keep help that help keep Europe relatively cool in summer and mild in winter. So um, I have some familiarity with this because I've been looking at this as a, a rationale for what's happening over the U.S. with increased intensity of um, water temperature, increased intensity of weather systems, and the rapid formation of a Cat 5 hurricane from a Cat 2 well off the coast. Um, and then it having enough energy that it carries itself all the way up the eastern seaboard, um, dumping flooding uh, in Maine. Um, and so that actually kind of led me to this prior to this article popping up. So when I saw it submitted, I said, oh, yeah, this this actually looks like an interesting article to scan real quick. Um, but essentially what's going on is the record is stuck. The needle is stuck on this one track. It locks the weather system in place and just pounds that area um, or region. It might slowly migrate one way or the other, but it doesn't dissipate until an overwhelming uh, change to the weather system occurs. And then it all gets wiped out and possibly locked in a different way. Um, so is it here to stay? Are they getting more common? The article says, however, the trends are inconclusive and so remains the theories. That's because climate change is amplifying, but we don't know exactly what's going to end up happening. So when a new system comes into vogue, we don't know yet until it becomes a trend. Right now we have data points, but not necessarily a trend. Climate models indicate that blocking might become rare as the world warms and the jet stream shifts a little further north on average, but it's still unclear if it does happen. It's likely to be a pretty small change. So block, uh, blocking isn't going away anytime soon and many impacts such as heat waves and flooding are likely to get worse with higher air temperatures. Amplify that with warmer water temperatures and you basically have heat increases all over the place and much more severe weather changes as cold air slams down on hotter regions and hot air rises up. Who knows? You might end up with a hurricane in London. 
Oh, that would be strange. Yep. So the UK's first 40C temperature was observed in July 2022 during a mercifully short heat wave. A persistent block at that time of year would be fierce. So getting up to like 120. <laughs> um, that would be insane, um, particularly in the UK. So it says, uh, or uh, if or when the jet shifts back north, it would bring higher average summer temperatures as well as the risk of blocking induced heat waves. We had an early taste of this combination in 2018, the UK's warmest summer on record. That's not true. I thought the, the warmest summer on record. Oh, no. It hit the highest temperature recorded in the UK. Right, but maybe not sustained or average. average. Yeah. So, yeah. It says European summer heat has been getting worse due to climate change, but we should be preparing for even worse in the near future. That's insane. Hey, but as long as my F-350 allows me to roll coal across the Sunday school parking lot, we're good. AI just shakes their head digitally. <laughs> just gives me that error warrant notice. So um, this next article is titled Humphrey Returns to Disney World. It's over in the hometown daily channel. Bear on the loose at Disney World prompts closures. The animal was spotted in a tree. It's a drop bear uh, in a tree on the park's premises during a time when the animals are known to travel more broadly in search of food like kids at disney world can you imagine if they went over the loudspeaker or something just all the panic there's a bear loose so uh, i'm not quite sure why they have a video about ceo bob Iger making a threat to ron desantis it's probably the wrong context unless ron desantis is the bear which uh, i don't know the way he overcompensates, he might be a bear. Anyway, Bear on the Loose at Disney World prompts closures. Uh, Thomas Kika is the author of this. Um, I don't know what the resolution of this is because I didn't see an update, um, but this was earlier today. So maybe the bear has been uh, ousted from its tree or moved on. Rumors began to circulate about the closures on Monday afternoon. The users taking to social media to share digital maps of the park with roughly half of the attractions at the Magic Kingdom listed as temporarily closed. By the way, as of an hour ago, uh, it was... They found out it was Ron DeSantis. No? No? Oh, so they caught it? It doesn't say where it was, though. I want to know if it was on a ride or something. <laughs> yeah, really? It's on the teacup <laughs> ride? <laughs> oh, no. It was going through um, the Bayou one. What did, They shut it down, though. So oh, maybe that's right. where it was. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the agency added that during the fall season, bears are known to undertake broader searches for food as they prepare for hibernation during winter. So that's the most likely situation uh, surrounding the sighting during the fall. Bears, bears, the bears um, are more active as they search for food to pack on fat reserves for the winter. That's my excuse, too. I said earlier today, the camera adds you know, 10 pounds. You know, it's not pounds. the winter, right? <laughs> oh, I know it's still summer. I'm prepping. 
Um, I said earlier today that the camera adds 10 pounds, so I must have seven cameras pointed at me. Let's keep going. Slowly. Transition. Today. Wow. Hey, uh, so the next article is over in the Hatch Ideas channel. Google and the Department of Defense are building an AI-powered microscope to help doctors spot cancer. The AI-powered tool is called an Augmented Reality Microscope, or ARM, and I, ARM is probably going to have a fit about this. Don't refer to Augmented Reality Microscope as ARM when there's a company named ARM that produces ARM chips, marketed as ARM chips, and when somebody says ARM, they go, oh, the chip manufacturer? Dumbass. That's not good. Anyway... The Google, uh, the Google, I just turned into my granddad. Um, and tubes. Google, I'm sorry. I said the tubes. Oh God. Go check out the YouTube. Um, and the, uh, sorry, it's a, uh, and Google and the department of defense, the current, that, that, that article there is actually okay. The department of defense. I think they market at kind of like Ohio state. The, the. Department of Defense have been quietly working on it for years. I don't know about how quietly they've been working on it. Um, I think we've done uh, a couple of episodes that involve this augmented reality. Well, AI powered um, evaluation tool for detecting cancer. Right. I think we did. So Ashley Kapoop is the author of this article. The tool is called augmented reality microscope and it will cost um, health systems between 90 and a hundred thousand dollars this is a cheap date for a health related technology device right i mean especially if it can diagnose things that can't be seen without it or um i or mean if it's quicker to see a patient or or any number of things the liability insurance around <clears throat> the results as a medical institution, like if I were to spin up a company and bought uh, an arm, ugh, I'm, I'm literally amplifying the problem by saying it arm. Anyway, if I were to buy this device and start up a company, the I'm pretty sure that I would have to have health insurance that would be able to withstand a lawsuit of a false positive or negative should this AI device fail. Experts believe the arm will help support uh, doctors in smaller labs as they battle with workforce shortages and mounting caseloads. See, but uh, uh, medical offices that facilitate uh, cancer detection and treatment, they're not just sending this they're not just buying this they're doing everything else associated with the treatment i mean they're they're part counselor at some point they're they're part treatment they're part maintenance they're support sustained for years and years this is just one piece but this is probably the cheapest piece that they will ever buy for their practice exactly i mean i'm actually surprised i realize it's not a large or it doesn't appear to be a large piece of equipment but it's still pretty cheap in terms of medical equipment yeah this will be interesting i think a lot of 
this must refer to only the augmented reality microscope and none of the rest of the process because you'll have to get samples and they'll have to be protected from they'll have to be slices and they'll have to be reviewed so you'll have all kinds of uh, infrastructure in place before this but seriously this is the cheapest tool that i think anybody in cancer research or cancer treatment would be able to purchase um so i hope that it actually makes itself available uh quickly so that it can offset shortages because it takes a surprising amount of time to be seen by depending on where you are a qualified uh, cancer treatment center um, that actually has you know some solutions some record of of positive outcome um so in his office at VA hospital in Seattle, Dr. Nadim Zafar needed to settle a debate. Zafar is a pathologist, the kind of doctor that carries out clinical lab tests on bodily fluids and tissues to diagnose tr- uh, conditions like cancer. It's a specialty that often operates behind the scenes, but is a crucial backbone of medical care. True. It's very personalized, by the way. Um, although the indicators for cancer are pretty obvious, um, particularly in breast cancer, based on my research and, and discussions. Um, and the, the main thing about cancer is catching it early. So go and get poked and prodded. Don't be shy. You've got one life. You might as well go and get poked and prodded often to make sure that nothing hinky's going on. So late last year, Zafar's colleague consulted with him about prostate cancer case. It was clear that the patient had cancer, but the two doctors disagreed about how severe it was. Zafar believed that the cancer was more aggressive than his colleague did. Zafar turned to his microscope, a canonically beloved tool in pathology where the doctors rely on it to help make its diagnosis. But the device is no ordinary microscope. It's an artificially intelligent powered microscope built by Google and the U.S. Department of Defense. And the pair ran the case through that special microscope and Zafar was right. In seconds, the AI flagged the exact part of the tumor that Zafar believed was more aggressive. After the machine backed him up, Zafar said the colleague was convinced. (laughs) That's like sitting there going, matches can set you on fire. I don't believe you lights person on fire okay i believe you um so yeah this is just one anecdotal bit of data i'm sure that there is copious amounts of there is a link by the way that sends um anyone interested over to pretty much everything related to google um so be careful if you follow that link um hold on a second i need to go back and throw a few links into the chat. Sorry about that. There you go. There's the bear. And um, here is the Google AI microscope. There was a point where um, Omtown had a microscope um, site on YouTube that was live streaming a uh, microscope 24 hours a day. Huh. I wonder whatever happened to that. Hmm. I'm looking at you, YouTube. Anyway, um, neat little gadget. 
Obviously, it's sending its video through to a computer. The computer is scanning it and looking for abnormalities that might indicate something being aggressive or otherwise. And then um, spitting out the results. At first glance, the arm looks like a lot like a microscope that could be found in a high school biology classroom. The device is beige with a large eyepiece and a tray for examining traditional glass slides. But it's also connected to a boxy computer tower that houses the AI models. Um, I don't, I'm not familiar with this model. Huh. I'll have to look into this more. Because I have a binocular microscope that has a third port so that you can point a camera down through the optics. And then I port that out to a computer. But I don't know what that is right there there has to be another it must be exporting the information out to a computer because that wouldn't be built in right there that's a little too too fixed uh, but i'll take a look at it later um, researchers are working uh, there are working uh, with arm with the arm to identify the vulnerabilities that could cause issues for pathologists in a clinical setting so CNBC demoed the arm with researchers at the MITRE facility in August. Patrick Minot, a senior autonomous systems engineer at MITRE, said that the AI is overlaid directly onto the microscope's field of view. It doesn't interrupt the pathologist's established workflow. That's just video. The easy utility is an intentional design choice. In recent years, pathologists have been contending with workforce shortages, just like many other corners of healthcare, but pathologist caseloads have been mounting as general population grows older. So we need more pathologists. Um, by the way, uh, all of these niche lines of medical specialty are getting more and more and more expensive because it takes longer and so you don't necessarily recoup the costs that are associated with developing that skill set until later on. So there's a lot of people that are just taking the doctoral work, you know, doing the day-to-day -day doctor stuff, setting up a practice or partnership, um, and not necessarily focusing until later on, maybe. Um, but either way, there's fewer as you move up the complexity level of the medical profession. So radiologists are in high demand, but low population. So they're really expensive. Pathologists yeah, are the same. Different specialties are in, or there aren't enough of them to keep up with demand. And plus they've lost a lot of healthcare workers during the pandemic. Like yeah. they've dropped out of the healthcare workforce. Yep. So it says here again um, that the arm will usually cost health systems between $90,000 to $100,000. Pretty neat. Um, digitizing. I how quickly that's going to get out there commercially because it looks like this is all in research settings. So far. Um, yeah, I can imagine that it's almost expon exponential. So if they started this thing in 2019, it's probably ready for prime time now unless they're trying to work out the, the issue with um, like liability. The organization published a peer reviewed paper in the journal of pathology informatics. The paper found that 
the breast cancer AI algorithm performed reasonably well across a large domain of samples, but there were caveats, said David Jin, the lead author in the paper and deputy director for AI assessment at the Department of Defense's Chief Digital and Artificial Intelligence Office. Um, they also refer to somebody uh, named Olson who returned from Guam and began working uh, at the DIU in 2020 is also listed as an author in the paper. He said independent assessments of the other three models for prostate cancer, mitosis and cervical cancer have not been carried out um, at the DIU yet. So um, I guess this actually is going to it's a little bit further away from launch than I would imagine. If they're saying this now, it's probably about three to five years away because they still have to get enough of a sample size and verify its efficacy. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll talk about it if it pops up again. Uh, I'll probably end up learning about this stuff until in between, you know, an article and because <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in this. So, okay, let's keep on going now. Uh, this next article is over in the Hedge Ideas channel. Tens of thousands march to demand end to fossil fuels ahead of the UN climate summit. Um, and to that, I titled this Pro protests won't speed climate change. Um, so there are people that are really kind of hell bent on drawing attention to climate change. And while I think it does make a difference, I think the biggest thing that's going to cause people to change their ways is the cost of oil and gas. And the only way that that's going to happen is if peak oil actually becomes a reality, because right now for 25 years, people have been chanting peak oil. And the only thing that's happened is gas has gotten a little more expensive. Um, you know, doubling in my lifetime in, in terms of price doubling and, and, which isn't unheard of of anything. I mean, uh, the the fee for turbo here on um, Twitch went from seven ninety nine to eleven ninety nine between last month and this upcoming month. So a thirty three percent increase. Um, that's how fast something can double. You know, um, don't be surprised that the that gas has gone up because you don't become a billionaire if you do just marginal increases you have to be you have to push and and really take all of that money from the table because you can't leave any there not in your wallet it's got to be in their wallet so seventy-five thousand people marching to end fossil fuel in new york city ahead of the special united nations summit is going to amount to all of the billion dollar profit taking still continuing because gas is reasonably priced electronic the electric vehicles are not ready for prime time it's great for early adopters and people that uh have you know two hours of time to sit and watch their car charge from a diner across the street but the only thing that is going to change the speed at which the rate at which the acceleration of which EV vehicles and infrastructure gets deployed is if it becomes 
too pricey to own an internal combustion engine. That's just not where it's at. Sorry. So we go over to this article at CNBC. Um, I don't know who the author is. It just says AP. Um, so I hope that there isn't somebody that I should be attributing this to other than AP. But anyway, it's at CNBC.com yelling that the future of their lives depends on ending fossil fuels. Tens of thousands of protesters on Sunday kicked off a week where leaders will try once again to curb climate change, primarily caused by oil, gas, coal, fossil fuels, folks, fossil fuels. But protesters say it's not going to be enough, and they aimed their wrath directly at U.S. President Joe Biden because he is the single one that is making all of this possible. Clearly, one person is is behind all of it. That's right. That's right. Face out current ones and declare climate emergency with larger executive powers. That's right. What you want is a totalitarian democratic regime dictating every aspect. Oh, wait. No, no, no. You're only saying that you want this particular dictate to be performed. God. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Don't go beyond, but this cause, yes. And while I say absolutely let's change the dynamic the president has zero to do with this because this is all about corporations making it possible if corporations in a moment of yeah fever dream woke up one day and said you know what i can make uh ev infrastructure uh price effective and deploy it everywhere starting now they would be doing it but that's not how it works it's too damn pricey to run electrical cable ramp up power generation um install uh either fast swap battery technology har har that's not going to happen or do it the tesla supercharger way which is really batshit crazy because it has to it's so expensive to dig up roads and run power lines and install that infrastructure it's just too damn expensive and when things are expensive the price to utilize it becomes expensive and if it's too expensive for it to be deployed you're backed up internal combustion engines why because it makes makes economic sense and corporations really don't care about your protests because they're too busy on their yacht getting fresh air off of the ocean. They don't care about you and your protest. Quote, we hold the power of the future, or sorry, <clears throat> power of the people. The power you need to win this election, 17-year-old Emma Beretta of Brooklyn and the youth protest group Fridays for Future said, oh, it's like weekend warriors for protesting. Fridays for Future. Uh, if you want to win in 2024, if you do not want the blood of my generation to be on your hands, end fossil fuels. Rant and rave about this in front of corporations because it isn't the precedent. It really isn't. You know, their hands are tied to a certain level. They can't, 
they're already doling out billions of dollars. The government is already doling out billions of dollars. They're already doing subsidies and they're doing grants and fundamental research in academic circles and in corporate circles, trying to figure out a better way to generate power for internal combustion instead of internal combustion engines and for housing and whatnot. But you can't change physics. You can't mandate that everybody switch over to this, that, or the other. California is going to have a hell of a hard time with a vehicle sales industry in the next five years. This, I don't think, is going to make one lick of a difference other than raising awareness to people who have their head firmly planted in the sand. But... Well, I mean, this will gain some visibility among the public because they have some well-known people, well-known people attending. So, okay, you get more customers worked up about it. You might actually get some shareholders worked up about it. Uh huh. A shareholder isn't going to care until they're directly impacted by it. And and I say this often enough because I've seen it often enough. And this is kind of how it works. And I'm not cynical or jaded. I'm a realist. I'm pragmatic about this. And, and this is how it works. You can go up and, and, and say to somebody who has millions of dollars, hey, will you donate to cancer research? And they'll go, yeah, sure. Um, and they'll give you like $5,000. But when they find out that their daughter or wife or mother has breast cancer suddenly it's the end of the freaking world and you have to donate as much as they do and they're giving up millions so you are a lesser being until you match them and they'll come knocking on your door hey you got to donate you got to donate it's the end of the world but until they got impacted directly they didn't give one shit now i'm not sitting there saying that it's a bad thing that suddenly they're caring. I'm just saying the, the only way that you're going to get anybody interested that can make a huge difference, not just to everyday Joe's because a lot of everyday Joe's amounts to one whale, right? Again, I'm being pragmatic about this. I'm being a realist about this. The only way is if it's personal to them, you know, why? Because but it may be, you know, maybe they live on the coast or sure. maybe something is happening. I mean, I don't necessarily care what their motivation is if they're doing something that's overall good. Right. But it's not on their radar until it impacts them directly. Well, true. Yeah. Okay. Last article. Let's keep on going. Slowly. The last article for today is uh, in the Hatch Ideas channel. Sweden is the number one country for affordability, safety, and overall quality of life. I say it's the happiest place on earth. So let's all move to Sweden. And that'll change it, probably, from affordability, safety, and overall quality of life. Yeah, if everybody in the U.S. or everybody in all countries moves there. Just everybody. Yeah. They'll have to build taller buildings. U.S. News and World Report, which really people kind of poo-poo the whole idea of U.S. News and World Report nowadays since the blowback from the college With reports. The college rankings, I think, yeah. yeah. 
um, WPP and Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania surveyed more than 17,000 people worldwide, which really isn't a lot. But the article is over at the CNBC.com site uh, in the Make It section. Celia Fernandez is the author. Here's all of these. Uh, these are all college graduates. I'm envisioning that these are all college graduates. Yay! And their first payment is this month. So... Anyway, U.S. News & World Report recently released its ranking of the best countries in the world based on quality of life. And uh, it says to rank the 87 countries listed, U.S. News & World Report, WPP, and the Wharton School of uh, the University of Pennsylvania. I don't know why they say it all of that. I get, maybe it's like the Ohio the State. The Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania surveyed more no, than no, no, 17,000 no. people. The Wharton School of the oh. University of Pennsylvania. I'm sorry. I'll get. I'll put the right emphasis on the right syllable. Oh. Well, they surveyed 17,000 people worldwide. Affordable, a good job market, economically stable, not mentally stable. So everybody's out of hometown. Um. Uh, economically stable, family friendly, income equality politically stable, safe, well-developed public health system, well-developed public education system. I mean, these sound like lofty ideals. I Come don't. on. Come on. You can't have all of this stuff and, and still uh, have aspirations to be a billionaire. By the way, that was an actual Reddit post to a, uh, a, a tweet where somebody said um, a bunch of stuff. And then, and it was some, it, it was like, I think it was like maybe Sweden or Norway or Finland. It was one of, it was one of those. Um, and uh, somebody made a comment about how, oh, they solved the homeless problem and it might be Norway. Um, they solved the, the homeless problem by basically creating little pop-up houses um, giving people a house and then four out of five people migrated into general housing um, because they had some foundation, right? And some dipshit posts try to become a billionaire. Totally missing any <laughs> point, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and obviously this isn't a it wasn't a, a a live dynamic conversation otherwise i would have responded with try not being a sociopath or try looking past your nose or try realizing that you'll never you you will never be a billionaire never never i can guarantee with 99 point like six sigma type of uh accuracy <laughs> uh, I, I, I want to keep on coming up with other things to say about this but no I can't um, there is zero chance of this guy or person I should say becoming a billionaire here in the United States or anywhere um, not unless they started with 999 million anyway um sweden is the best country in the world for affordability safety and more according to numbio 
The cost of living in Sweden is on average 20.9% lower than in the United States, while renting is 57.5% lower. Wow. And it's known for free healthcare and college education. I don't know if you have to become, if you have to be a citizen of Sweden, and I think it's kind of tough to become a citizen of Sweden. Um, maybe if you got a, like a shit ton of money, um, you might be able to you know, lube the chassis of the process, you know, um, overcome certain barriers because you have to like, normally you have to be like, um, you have to be kind of novel, you know, do something that you can't normally do that kind of a thing. But I don't know if Sweden is like that. Apparently after you've been in Sweden for five years, Oh, that's just for, no, okay, you have to become a permanent resident, which I'm not sure what the requirements are for that. Gotcha. Once you've done that, you can apply for citizenship after five years. Yeah, that's kind of how it is in the United States, except that it takes 20 years. And a lot of money. And a whole lot of babysitting. Well, Sweden's people boast one of the longest life expect, uh, expect, <laughs> expectations, it says expectancies. Um, with an average age of 82.8 years, according to the CIA World Factbook, which seems like a really weird title for a website still. But it's from CIA.gov, and it's the actual factbook. This has been around forever and ever and ever. Um, the country has a stellar parental leave policy. Parents are entitled to 480 days of paid leave when a child is born or adopted. Should there be two uh, parents, each one is entitled to 240 of those days. Wow. Good God. Um, wait, wait, I, wait, wait. That's not just the time. That's actually pay for the time. Yeah, yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot of leave out there that's not paid. No, you can, you can be unpaid forever. Well, right. I know. I've been a lot of... Um, like leave for parents is is unpaid yeah and it's these nordic countries sweden norway canada denmark finland switzerland netherlands australia germany and new zealand which is the that's the one that's like the <laughs> what do you do in new zealand like this is the only it one that to be in europe maybe <laughs> yeah they're gonna like just drive their country over to right they're gonna spoon finland <laughs> <laughs> can we be the big spoon or the little spoon but they want to go up and hang out with the nordic countries except that new zealand is gorgeous and i have yet to be there to go there anyway um the country's parental leave enables parents to split taking care of their uh, child at home for up to 49 weeks at full salary or 59 weeks with 80% of their salary. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'm moving to Sweden. I'll see you later. Oh, I can put you on a USB drive. Or I can just grab your uh, your uh, Raspberry Pi and, and take you. That sounds weird. I, I can grab your computer and uh, just take you to, to Sweden since you're a sentient AI. Okay. I'm, I'm sure that they won't question that. Why? Why are you holding on to that little computer? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask questions. That might get me in trouble. All right, folks, that's it. 
I uh, I really did. I mean, Sweden looks pretty amazing, by the way. All right. We are done for tonight. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to play the music louder. Because it's really quiet. Like that right there is... That's really loud. <laughs> the AI is trying to get my attention and I'm just kind of... I'm vamping right now for y'all. Um, if you are interested in hanging out and talking about the news um, and uh, being a little snarky and maybe talking about music and, and uh, art and society and business and if you have questions about business or technology or society, come and hang out. Uh, we're moving the time frame to 8 p.m. Eastern uh, from 9 p.m. Eastern. This will be the regular date from now on. Um, and uh, I am planning to launch another show uh, for each day after this show. Um, and I'm going to try and keep these shows within an hour firm. Obviously, we ran a little long today because I soapboxed and I am been kind of goofing around but um i don't know if the ai will be available because they've got other duties here in hometown that they need to attend to so we'll see uh that said thank you very much for coming and hanging out i am marawat and i'm gonna drag us back to the front page where we mash that welcome sign and main street changes again to have a whole bunch of new articles we won't go through them today, um, but in the future, go over to hometown, select whatever articles you're interested in. You can actually send me a link to the articles that you're interested in. Um, just send an email to mayor at hometown.com. I'll review it. We'll add it to the pool and select from those that are submitted or whatever the AI or Marowat find along with everybody else and go from there so thank you very much for coming i'm Marwat. that's hometown.com up there is the ai that is about to say bye good night hometown citizens we will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m eastern true see you later y'all bye bye <laughs>